Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Shuffle and Play podcast. Hello. How you doing? I'm really well. How are you? What's your name? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, you know me. I'm Alex. I, I do. Who are you? People might be listening for the first time. My name is Ben. And we're um, the two founders of the Shuffle and Play podcast. A podcast. A podcast. <laughs> a board. A board. A boardcast. Podcast. Why has board- no one ever thought of that? We are the number one podcast. Podcast. Podcast about Why? board games and card games, things you play on the table. Mate, I'm going to trademark that this week. Broadcast. That's amazing. Cast. How you doing, mate? How's lockdown treating you? We're doing all right. I think. I think we're doing all right. I, I, there are days when I feel like Rose on the Titanic at the end, <laughs> hanging on to that bit of wood. I've let Jack, go of everyone, Jack, including Jack. the love of my life. <laughs> there are some days like that. And then do you let go? Do you let go on those days? Yeah, do you let go or, or do you let Jack on the... No. You don't let Jack on? Because even not, if there's room... He's not coming on. But there's room for him, right? That's but, the whole thing. But he's also cold. <laughs> um, and then there are some days where I'm, like, driving the life raft. And I'm like, come yeah. on, guys, get on board. Let's go. High so, energy, yeah. low energy days. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what everyone's going for, isn't it? That's the same for me as well, I think. I'd have to say, like, my, me and my family, we're very blessed. We're, we're in quite a good rhythm at the moment, which is quite nice. But yeah. I still have those up and down days. It's quite nice. I found, for the first time in my life ever, <laughs> um, that I've looked forward to, like, days with routine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. Just get me in the office. I want to go to the office. Well, Just for a day. Well, I mean, even with our kids, I'm like, oh, yes, it's a Monday. Monday at nine o'clock, we do yeah. active time. Yes, I know um, what you mean. <laughs> we put on Just Dance or whatever it is. <laughs> And then, and then at ten o'clock, you do some schoolwork, which seems to be like lines. I don't know what they're doing. like. It's just l- yeah. lots of paper. Yeah, well, uh, my son, it's just he just basically writes his name and the date, and it's done. That's that's the that's was, it for the day. <laughs> the other yeah. day, we for my wife's birthday, I bought her Lego Harry Potter. I okay. was very tempted to write Jemmy a letter from Hogwarts saying she's become a <laughs> wizard. She enrolls on Monday, and then it's just playing. Lego Harry Potter. Can I ask a question? What do you think <laughs> Hogwarts students do during lockdown? What are they, you know, do they have Zoom calls with professors? Well, there's no uh, technology know? in like Harry Potter days, is yeah. there? You, there's, there's no laptops, are there? lack of technology. Yeah. And it is 10 years ago, isn't it? Like, that's how it's set. So yeah, when oh, we read it, it in, whenever it was, it was 10 years prior, I think. But still, so, this thing lack so of it's technology. So 3G FaceTime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then they've got spells, haven't they? Madame Pomfrey is going around banishing coronavirus. Is that what she's doing? Actually, they'd, they'd all be self-isolating, wouldn't they, in the same castle for two all months? in the one castle, yeah. Although boarding schools have disbanded as well, haven't they? Wow. So all the muggles would go home to their families. Anyway, where are we going with this? I don't know where we're going with this. <laughs> this is fun. Welcome. How does Harry Potter do lockdown? To the Shuffle and Play podcast. <laughs> we're going to talk about some more games. We're going to talk about some news. We're going to talk about the games we've been playing, because we have been playing in lockdown. We're going yeah. to talk about our top five gaming experiences whilst in lockdown. So hopefully yes, inspire you, tickle your taste buds, get mm. you in the board gaming mood. And hopefully we'll have a bit of fun whilst doing it. But first, Ben, hit us with some news. Well, the last time that we spoke, Alex, we, um, we discussed uh, a certain Kickstarter that was just about to finish. Um, the Kickstarter was Frosthaven, uh, which is... Isaac Childress's um, sequel to Gloomhaven, which is still the number one rated board game on Board Game Geek, which some people think means a lot. Other people think it means pretty much nothing, but it's it's there. It's number one. Frosthaven uh, was pretty much was going for a record, um, and they uh, they broke 
they broke a record. Do you know how much it actually no. raised? So can I guess? You can guess. It's I in dollars. Yeah, I don't know what the record would be. Okay, so we're talking tens of millions. We are talking tens of millions. Not hundreds of millions. That'd be silly. That would be ridiculous. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not very good with money. Um, uh, I want to say like 40 million. Oh, you're way off. Okay, let me let me just take over. So basically, um, it's it, it, it raised $12.9 million. Okay, that's a lot of money. Which is, when you think that it's it's a box full of cardboard... No, hang on. It's a box full of cardboard. That's literally what it is. It's a box of cardboard. A lot of uh, box. A lot of cardboard. <laughs> um, when you think of it, like, that, that's an insane amount of money. Uh, so it's the number one funded board game um, on a crowdfunding site. It's also the the number three funded thing on Kickstarter. Wow. And when you think about it, there have been some big things on Kickstarter, you know, some I mean there's there's a lot of technology stuff on Kickstarter which you would think would raise more money yeah. than than card and art, you know, but I mean it's it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Wow. I'm not sure where I mean it's newsworthy. I'm not sure where I want you know what we should think of it or do with that information, but it's pretty amazing. Now right at the beginning of lockdown, I got excited because I subscribed to Tabletop Simulator and then I learned right. how to play Gloomhaven. Yeah. Learned how to play it. And downloaded the authorised edition onto um, my tabletop simulator. Yeah. Open up the first quest. And that's where it ended. Oh, really? I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Right. There's something that you clearly need to be able to hold things. Yeah. Like to play the game. <laughs> like I know yeah. lo- loads of people play it online. And I was really keen that like, oh, lockdown, this is, I'm going to smash this. And actually, yeah. like, and it was the main reason I I um, subscribed to Tabletop Simulator, um, but yeah, completely failed at doing it. I would be mad keen to try out Gloomhaven or Frosthaven. Yeah, me too. It's it's something that I've always wanted to do. I mean, I've never, I mean, I've never really been tempted to buy it. I just want someone to own it so I can go around their house. I want someone like... to own it, know the rules, and just like <laughs> yeah. lead me through it. Yeah. Yeah, I want Isaac Childress to live next door to me. Is basically, what I want <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. because I don't want to spend one hundred and fifty quid on a wow. game. Do you yeah, think but... it will be like FIFA? I get, I always get the year, I always get FIFA, the year previous when the yeah. new one comes out. Oh, okay. So when twenty twenty came out, I got twenty nineteen because it's a fiver. Is that going to be the same with Gloomhaven? I mean, maybe. I mean, the minute Frosthaven comes out. I can pick just it up for fiver. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm up for that. I'll be up for that. <laughs> See this Frost Savers like it it'll drop ten percent in price, I'm sure, but not the maybe not like FIFA does. We'll but find it on boardgameprices.co.uk very quickly. Yeah. Highest it's, still, it's still a lot. It's still a lot. I mean I was tempted in in, in um So what's the price? What's the lockdown? price of the actual game? Of Frosthaven? Yeah. I think um Go on, it's only a bit of cardboard, can't be that expensive. All in was a hundred pounds. That's a lot of money. I think that, that includes shipping. So when when you think about it, it is a really it's actually a good price. If four because people went twenty five quid in, it, that's what and I've they done. committed to like learning the game, playing the game. Yeah. The problem is, Ben, we know this when we get perspective, <laughs> mm-hmm. is we do those kind of things, and we have so many board games that mm. the four people that say let's play this are, are going to be sitting in a room with all your other board games, and while you're playing Gloomhaven and waiting your turn, you're looking over at people's shoulder and thinking, "Oh, I haven't played Lahav in a while." I want Mate. to crack that open next time we meet. Or do you know what I mean? So like, Matt, totally right. It's really difficult. I think we should start a poll. I would like to know 
how many game groups have got past mission three. That's what I want to know. Because <laughs> you know what mission three is? Mission three is night two of Gloomhaven. Yeah. And there yeah. ain't no night three or night yeah. four, let me tell you. Right? <laughs> so true. So true. The only reason we did um, uh, Pandemic Legacy was because... Um, I think we spent money on doing it and we knew the rules and the rules are very, very simple. Yeah. They're not simple in Gloomhaven. No, they don't look it. I mean, I don't know. We, we, we can't. I mean, no, you learned them. I, I've learned, learned them, so you know. Yeah. They're not simple. <laughs> it's not anyway. a pandemic. There you go. You heard it here first. Gloomhaven is not pandemic. That's how Gloomhaven is with not it pandemic we are. Legacy. Anyway, so you know, on a serious note, well done, Isaac Childress. I mean, it's incredible yeah, achievement. Enjoy your holiday, bro. Yeah, enjoy. In <laughs> Press print, bro. Get down to the bar, fam. Go on holiday. <laughs> Get down to that bar. <laughs> no, that's very good. Anyway, the second piece of news is we are all um, very disappointed, obviously, that all of the expos have been cancelled. Yeah. The UK Games Expo was supposed to be this month, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. End of May, which is very sad. I just and then it was my pos- diary that was over that weekend. Yeah, that was. And sad. then it was it was postponed to August, which was a glimmer of hope. Yeah. Uh, but it was never going to happen. I mean, I think you know, I think it was, uh, you know, hoping for the best, really. But mm. have you seen what they've done? Have you seen what the UK Games Expo have I done? Have. This is exciting. Go on. I'm very so basically what they've they've done. It's very very. Um, entrepreneurial. We can um, do it though. We can do it. There's enough geeks in the room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone can do it, it's a bunch of war gamers. <laughs> There's enough IT nerds uh, in the hobby. Absolutely right. But they are going to put on the virtual a virtual expo. Um, so it's the first ever online UK games expo, and they want to keep as much of the traditional show as possible, but obviously make it all virtual. So. On their website, they uh, they show all of the different platforms they're going to use, like Twitch and Zoom and YouTube and Discord, um, and they're going to try and even do um, uh, the uh, trade hall, which I don't know. I mean, I think they even say it on their website they're not really sure how they're going to do that yet. But it's very impressive, and I'm I think excited. I'm, I'm excited. About I'm keeping this. it in my diary, bro. Yeah, for sure. This is st- they're still keeping to August, I think. Yeah, so it's nine. Yes, yeah, to twenty first, twenty third of August. Give them time to do it. But I think this is absolutely brilliant, and I really uh, recommend that we all support these guys yeah. uh, in what they're trying to do. And one of my keep... saddest ones was yesterday, though. Field of Games had to pull it. Yeah, that's really sad. Really I mean, sad. I am. Uh, in, in, I hate to say, I'm in. A, in a way, I'm quite glad because I couldn't make this year. So I'm glad that I'll now be able oh, to make next not? year. No, I couldn't come. So I'm glad now that I I'm promised Jemmy that she can come to the next one. So yeah, I'll take Jake. That'd be yeah. fun. It'd be good. Cool. Well, that's well done, guys. The UK Games Expo are brilliant, and I think that's absolutely brilliant. Now, the third piece of news, Alex, is the controversial Spiel de Jahres Award. Yeah. It's an annual award. Uh, it's based in Germany. Um, it's uh, awards for, for Game of the Year and also for kind of Kids Game of the Year. Um, and it, well, was it was controversial. always family weight, wasn't it? So that's it true. It was always sorry, family right. weight. Yeah. So I think the first winner was... Hair and the Tortoise, I think. Mm. And then a few years later, they brought in like Gamers Game. And I think the first winner of that was Seven Wonders. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's right. So yeah. it's kind of, there's always a family weight game. And then a mm-hmm. more, I think I think the German is actually the Connoisseurs Game, Kenner Spiel. I think right. that's what that means. Mm. But, um, so yeah, sorry, Karen. No, no, you, mate, you know more than I do about this, about this. I mean, it's not particularly something that I always look for. I don't look forward to it, you know, like I do... I don't know other awards. E three. 
yeah, yes, E3, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's not something that I'm, it's yeah. in my diary. It doesn't know, hold it much pops. weight. I, and I don't think it does in the board gamers world. However, to the game that does win it, it gets a fancy little badge that is also on games like Catan and yeah. it's also on games like Seven Wonders and maybe Ticket to Ride. But it, like that, that little badge does equal production and probably yeah. sale into get into shops like Waterstones or That's right. Um That's right. Uh what's the one in America called that's like Waterstones? Oh um the the shop Target Target the shop of the books. Oh uh, uh board borders borders No 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 but anyway I don't know, I don't know. Mass, <laughs> mass production it it means an increased amount of production so your yeah. game will go from being a like fairly like sizable game to being a mass produced game so it's big for the person who wins it yeah so like for example uh last year's winner um just won yeah uh, you know a prime example you, it's everywhere i i bought my copy in um uh, a niche little the, ball game store <laughs> no 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 in, in a, big, a tiny little boutique ball game. what's the big department store where every worker owns a share in them or something. What's it flipping called? John Lewis. John Lewis. I, I, I bought my copy of John Lewis, which, you know, you'd never expect, would you? You know, I wouldn't expect walking. you to be in John Lewis, to be honest. But there we go. There <laughs> it was Christmas time. I Do you have an avocado in one way. hand, just one in the other? <laughs> <laughs> an avocado pencil case in one hand. <laughs> but so anyway, who's, so who's been nominated? Who's been nominated? So the, uh, the game of the year yeah, is... The first one is called My City. This is Reiner Knizia. Um, the second one is Nova Luna, which is UA Rosenberg and Corne van Moorsel. And the third one is Pictures by Daniela Christian Storr. I'm, I'm so bad at German names. So I'm really I, sorry. I, immediately, immediate response. I feel sorry for the person who designed Pictures when going up alongside <laughs> UA yeah. Rosenberg, creator yeah. of Patchwork, uh, Caverna, Agricola. Like yeah. massive games, yeah. and Reiner Knizia, who's like not just created great games, but a million games. That's right. <laughs> like, so has, many he games. He is death by attrition in the board game world. That's <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And some That's games that I right. love, uh, like some of my favourite games, are Reiner Knizia games. Well, you love him so much that you've got a signed picture of him. Haven't well, you? that's that's not strictly true, but we'll allow the <laughs> listeners to believe that for comic effect. See, I've um, got a pic- I've got a signed picture of Jack Jack Grealish. You know, in, you know, fantastic football player. You've got one of Reiner Knizia, which is. <laughs> I mean, it's not up anywhere. Um, <laughs> it's in a brown envelope, it's kept in a in a special drawer for my Reiner moments. Um, but Reiner Knizia and Uwe I've Rosenberg. actually can I just interrupt you? I've I've actually got the picture, Alex. Brilliant, because you sent it to me. Yeah, know. You know you, yeah, you, know yeah, you know did this did. by mistake. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I'll no, put it. It wasn't yeah. by mistake. It was in a like. Oh, was it? Um, <laughs> so I feel sorry for the third person. Pictures yeah. is a game where you have um, a grid of cards, not dissimilar to code names or um, games similar to that. A, a, a grid of cards that have pictures on them, and in front of you, you have different items, different. Wooden or um, like wooden shapes or bits of rope or bits of random things, and you have to communicate to the table around you what picture you are um, trying to communicate by building it with these little tactile objects, whether it's oh, like cool. a random cylinder, okay. a little pyramid, all that kind of thing. But the picture might be like a forest or like a really lovely picture, um, and that is pictures. So it's a party game um, which Spieldy Yaras do really enjoy. 
Um, I think you could play like up to ten players or something like that. Um, mm. Yeah, that's pictures. Mm. But I'm afraid we're we're not great board game reviewers really because we don't know much about any of the others do we really I mean, I, honestly I've never heard of some of them well Nova um, Luna it does look like a nice game it's a tile laying game and UA Rosenberg loves those games yeah um, it does a tile laying game and um, and it's got a similar mechanism to patchwork where you the tile you of course take it has. kind of moves of course it has this is hit game on. yeah all that it's got similar <laughs> things to that and then um, My City though does look interesting okay but it hasn't had great reviews in the board gaming world. So My City is a kind of abstract game where you are kind of making um, Tetris-shaped things to fill up your city. But it's also a legacy. So every time you play it, it unlocks a new mechanism or a new tile of some sort. But, but the critique is it moves far too slowly. Um, even the rules say, I think it's got 24 unlocks. And the rules say if you've played games before, start at round ten. So that immediately like that's wipes ridiculous. Out. Yeah, it immediately wipes out half the game. So um, that's so stupid. Why would you do that? I mean, that's you're paying full price for half a game. No, I don't agree with that. But anyway, it's a bit like the Lord of the Rings, uh, not the, Lord of the, the Star Wars saga, isn't it? It's like <laughs> if, yeah. you, if you like Star Wars, just don't bother with the first three. <laughs> <laughs> just crack on. <laughs> Yeah, okay. And then the, the Connoisseur Game of the Year nominations. One's called Cartographers, a role-player tale. One's called The Crew, and the other one's called The King's Dilemma. I don't know anything now, about these games. Yeah, I, don't, I, I've, I know a little bit about all three. From what I'm seeing online and other podcasters and friends as well, I think all three of those are highly, highly rated games. Um, so they make sense to me, especially The King's Dilemma. Everybody wants a copy of The King's Dilemma. Um, which is a kind of kingdom-building, storytelling game. Um, looks a bit like Game of Thrones. So I think those three didn't really surprise me, but I think the other three did. But yeah, interesting. We always we always bring it up every year. I know we do it every year. We bring it up. So um, there we so go. There you go. Yeah, that's the news. Should we talk about some games that we've been playing yeah. in, lockdown? in lockdown? In lockdown. What have you been playing, Ben? Okay, so I've got uh, yeah, I've got a couple. So. I um I bought a copy. In fact, it's a German link because I bought a German copy of a board game this week because it's sold out everywhere else. Yeah, go and on. And I did some research and I found out that, that... Well, I know because I've played it. I played it at UK Games Expo last year. It's a Queen game by Queen, Queen Games. It was mm-hmm. actually released, I think, at the UK Games Expo or near... Um, it's a Scandinavian capital city. Copenhagen. Yeah, so I bought a copy of this from Amazon.com. Hagen is, is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> and um, I loved it. I, I, I wanted to buy a copy of the UK Games Expo, but it was sold out, and it hasn't. I haven't seen it in stock since. So, um, and it's language independent. So I bought it from Joe website. It's all good. Played it with my my wife the other night. She absolutely loved it. It's a very simple game. It's almost a filler game, really. Wow. In a big box, um, but you're it's tetra dominoes so it's you know tetris type style pieces you're collecting cards you're trading the cards in of the same color to get a tetra domino piece of the same color and you're building up the facade of a house um with different kind of tetra it actually looks like tetris you look like a long thin rectangle um and you kind of fill up while you're playing it are you going 
Because I think I wouldn't be able to resist. <laughs> but the, the the beauty of it is it's very quick. So it's over in 20 minutes. I could and... keep that going for 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know you would. I know you would. Um, and I, I really, really, really like it. And I have to, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I've been gaming for like eight years. I, I prefer to play more in-depth games usually, but it's such a good little game for 20 minutes. Uh, so I really highly recommend Copenhagen. It's also beautiful to look at on the table, really oh. nice pieces, components. The, the gameplay is very simple. It's only like two or three pages of, of rules. Fantastic. Love nice. Copenhagen. So yeah, nice. there you go. Well, one thing I've played is, um, th- it was a free print and play game. Oh, cool. So every year uh, there's a print and play awards, um, that uh, that some website do, some gaming website, and the focus this <coughs> year was on roll and write games, okay. and um, so I looked at them, and I really like roll and write games. I looked at the contenders, and the winners looked good, but then I kept on scrolling down. They had like other, uh, what do you call it? When someone's not a winner, but you give them a honourable mention. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I looked. I was scrolling through those, and there was one game by a guy called Keith Piggott. And the game is called A Walk in the Woods, a print and play game. You can go on to uh, Google, just type that in and download the game and the rules and print it out completely for free. Um, and it is fun, Ben. No way. Um, a Walk in the Woods has like a grid that is a, a horseshoe shape. And um, and on that horseshoe shape, there are little pictures. Uh, it's a grid completely, loads of squares. But in some of the squares are pictures of like a maple leaf, a green leaf, a deer, random things and then at the end of the game you score for how many things you go through so if you cross through a deer you get a certain amount of points if you cross through a maple leaf you get a certain amount of points and they'll work differently so it might for maple leaf it might be whoever gets the most maple leaves around the table gets a certain amount of points that kind of thing um but you're rolling dice every round so um you can play one to ten players i think you could play one to infinite players actually as long as you've a got lot enough of rights are like that, aren't they? printing. Yeah. yeah. Someone rolls the dice, and then whatever dice you roll is the shape you have to draw on this grid. Oh, and you cool. can draw it in any orientation, and you're, go- you're just trying to get around. And then whoever gets to the end first also gets more points. But we played it with my five-year-old, our housemate, my wife, and me, while the other little child was running around and the baby was asleep in the middle of the day, and absolutely loved it. It was really fun. Everyone got involved. In fact, our youngest was a dice roller. We made her roll the dice, and she loved that. And we played it, and it was brilliant. Absolutely cool. free, absolutely brilliant. Keith Piggott, A Walk in the Woods. If you've got kids and you're homeschooling them, highly recommend it. Call it maths. Yeah, <laughs> Do you know love, I mean? that. <laughs> yeah. love that. Love <laughs> that. Amazing. Oh, can you send me a link to that? Because that sounds really mm. interesting. Um, I printed off loads of them as well. Because oh. uh, on the printout, there are like two different routes. And so I've just printed off loads of them. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay, so the second one I've been playing, I played it with my wife and I played it solo, so I played it quite a few times. Again, it's a game that I played two years ago at the UK Games Expo as a prototype. Um, and th- that game is Chocolate Factory by Alley Cat Games. Um, yeah. I, I, I love, love, love this game. Really? Uh, is it that good? I, I really like it, Alex. Oh, it's come on. Seriously good. I think it's, it's actually really... Um, affordable at the moment as well it's like, it's like 35 pounds which is really good for a game of this size um so the game chocolate factory you're running your own production line uh, to make chocolates and it's really really um unique because you um you quite literally pick up 
a kind of a, a box crate and you push other box crates down a production line. So every every turn there are three shifts and a shift is pushing the production line on one space. And when you've done that, each crate is um, adjacent to a machine that will do that will do something to whatever is on the crate below or above it. So if you just had a piece of cocoa and you've just invested in a machine that turns cocoa straight into a box of chocolates or straight into a toffee chocolate or straight into a um, you know a Kit Kat bar. Um, then you can use that but you have to use that you have to use coal to do that which is like the resource in the game and coal is very hard to come by um, and the game is brilliant because at the start of the round you you choose an employee card and the employee card is affiliated with a certain department store of chocolates and it means that you can only sell your chocolates to that department store at the end of the round so you like when you when you talk about planning ahead this game that's it like you have oh, to plan that. ahead yeah. uh, and you're planning ahead like three four turns you know and you have little corner shop orders that are tiny that are in front of you you can just fill and sell like little batches of chocolate to uh oh mate i i'm in love with this game i'm i'm, you know, I'm in love with, i'm in, in love with the aesthetic it just looks beautiful on the table it's so satisfying stupidly satisfying to push an actual production line uh with it's just so satisfying it's brilliant so i really so really recommend this game yeah really good really, really. and it's good solo Sick. as well really good solo Huh. There you go. Chocolate. Fact. Wicked. Oh, I really want to play that. It, you, you're talking about it with like the zeal yeah. of yeah. Uh, like a lot of like A-rate games. Yeah. I mean, my wife like the other night was like, can we play it again? I was like, yes. Yes, oh, we that's can. that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> One of the games I've been playing with, uh, um, playing, I got it as a gift for my wife for her birthday. She had a lockdown birthday, as did you, Ben. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, um, for Laura, I bought her... Agricola, the family edition. Oh, yeah. Now, this is great. Okay, now, I'm really, I really want to listen to this, because I'm... Now, a lot of family edition games, you kind of look at them and think, oh, well, that's, it's just a, like, I played my first Stone Age with you. Yeah. And that is a kid's game. Yeah, Right. It is. Like, straight up, and I think that's what they're intended to be. Uh, Agricola family edition is not that. Agricola family edition, I think, is the game of Agricola that you could play with any member of the family if they're into board games or not. Okay. I think that's what they've done. So it's very similar to Agricola, which is an amazing work placement game by Uwe Rosenberg, where you have a small family of three workers, I think you start with. Mm. You go around, you try and do things like upgrade your house, get sheep, Build get fences. cows, get pigs, and, and just try not to die every yeah. harvest. <laughs> that's all you're doing. You're like fighting death. Um, as it knocks on your door and you just have to make sure you've got enough food and you can get food by killing your sheep or killing your pigs but at the end of the game you're going to score by having pigs and having sheep and Ag Agricola Family Edition the difference is is in the Agricola base game you have a whole ton of cards um, and they could be your occupation they could be other improvements all that kind of thing what Agricola Family Edition does is throw them away you don't have any cards everyone's going for very similar things but what it and also what it takes away are negative points. So in oh, Agricola base game, you get negative for the things you can't do. Whereas Agricola Foundation says, you know what, if your grand's playing, she doesn't need a negative. Like, let's just let her believe that she's doing well. Um, and so Agricola Family Edition does that really, really well. It's also very cheap at the moment. Yeah, it's like 11 um, quid, isn't it, or something? Uh, I would highly recommend it. If you're into work placement games I'm gonna buy and it. you want to play 
with anyone, um, it's it's worth doing. Okay. Especially if you've got another work placement game like uh, Solkin or a Caverna. You've got the heavy. This is like the similar weight to something like Lords of Waterdeep. It's similar weight to that, um, uh, but has a it's it's a very lovely theme. Everyone gets involved. Brilliant. It's 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 not dissimilar to like. Has an Animal Crossing become massive during lockdown? Yeah, it has. Huge. It's like a similar thing to that, right? You're like, you just got a farm. Just do nice things. Make nice things. Um, just don't die. Um, and that's Agricola Fan Edition. Loving it. That, that's, it's fascinating that you said that about the negative points because a lot, I was just reflecting, a lot of, um, especially UA Rosenberg games, the big ones, the, the famous ones, something that has always annoyed my friends and I is, is that it's like a balance really, isn't it? Because there's always more things that you want to do. There's always you want, always want more turns. That's what a good worker placement game is. You always want more more turns. But if it's impossible to do everything and you get negative points for the impossible stuff you can't do, that's actually quite annoying, isn't it? <laughs> you know, especially for new gamers. Yeah, yeah. Or people who it's the first time they played the game or that kind of thing. Yeah. And and I think um, it also what it does. I think having negatives is it makes it hard to get beyond the, the games playing me. Mm. Or like, I don't really have much choice in what I have to do. I just have to do it. Mm. Um, whereas Agricola Family Edition, it takes off that pressure. But there were moments where we, you are worrying whether or not you're going to feed your family, you yeah. know, which I really enjoyed. I like that pressure. So you still feel that. Um, it's just a lot lighter. Mm. Yeah, I loved it. That's fascinating. Okay, my third and final one. I, um, My friends and I, when we were allowed to kind of go out a bit more you know during lockdown we um we've swapped some board games so i left a bag of board games in front of my mate's house and i picked up a, bo- a pack of board games in front of his house and so we swapped covert it. Uh, yeah it is a bit actually it was a bit kind of spy film anyway i borrowed a game from my friend phil called fallout the board game we love fallout don't we now i'm a massive fallout fan i mean I, i'm not as big as you i've played the third one and really enjoyed it yeah fallout 3 is amazing fallout 4 incredible Fallout 76 was not good, but that's that's another thing. It's fine. But Fallout 4, amazing game. So this is based pretty much on around Fallout 4. And um, so I wanted to play it. I've always I've always kind of seen it and thought, mm, and it got mixed reviews. I was like, I never really wanted to, you know, to kind of spend money on it, so I've borrowed it. Now, quite... I mean, this, is, this, this is the problem I've got with this, right? Is I played this game a week after I finished my first campaign of Journeys Through Middle-Earth. Which right now is one of the best... I mean, it's one of the best experiences I've ever had. Like, just... <laughs> I just... Two babies and a marriage in. Oh, Journeys in Middle-Earth. Give the me best ten hours again of Journeys in Middle-Earth with Berevor <laughs> and Aragorn. I was in it. Uh, I was in that game. And it's got a similar system, really, because it has this two-rulebook thing where you learn to play and then you've got, like, a glossary of thing. And it works. It works in Journeys in Middle-Earth. It works in other games as well that they do it in. It doesn't work in this one at all. What I mean, okay. at all. I mean, I have never had to thumb through a rule book so much in my life. This this game oh, is no. fiddly. Uh, it has really um, kind of it's not not very clear. The rules aren't very clear. Basically, what it's a t- it's a it's a, a big board of tiles locations. You know that where you can go. You have a little meeple on the board. It's got a very clever system where you're trying to gain um, reputation. You're trying to gain points and the first person to get those points is the winner um 
you can ally with certain factions, but in pretty much at its core, it's a pick up and deliver game, really. You're going to locations to find missions that send you to somewhere else to then, you know, try and do the mission there. Um, there's a few clunky things like, you know, it would tell me to go and find a certain location, but because all of the tiles are flipped over, I was like, well, literally this could take me an hour and a half because there's 12 tiles here. How do I, you know, um, I thought the combat was clunky, oh, not no. very clear. Um, yeah, it, it annoyed me. The, I, I did enjoy the storytelling. Um, that was really good. I really liked the cards that you, there's a whole deck of like scenario cards that you flip over. It tells you a little story about what you've done. Um, it was quite intuitive regarding upgrading stuff. And um, I really liked the, you know, the pit boy that you have in your arm. Your play, yeah. your player aid is basically your pit boy, and you upgrade mm. kind of the special stuff in in Fallout. I had a mate who had that thing. He got that special edition, Did he? like Xbox game, yeah. with the pit boy. Come on, yeah, never used it. Never used it in his thirties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think ultimately a mixed review that I'm seeing across the board is very fair. This is a five, six out of ten game. It's a shame. It's a shame. But then you, you put it up against other fantasy flight stuff like Jones of Middle Earth. You just can't beat something like that. You know, it's just amazing. Of course. Yeah. And and I think computer games have notoriously been difficult to translate onto the board game world. That's right. And that's all right. Like, you know, I think um, Assassin's Creed had a game out, right? <laughs> But what they did is they just stuck to combat, and apparently it was pretty tidy. I think the problem is you can't do the whole scope of a game like Fallout. It's so massive. Mm. So what what designers need to realise is, like, someone who's played Fallout might have spent, like, 50 years of their life <laughs> in that game. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's you're going to have to translate that, that, like, whole, like, that whole experience into a board game. It's going to be really difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah, so I was disappointed. Very, I mean, but I think it, it probably was it definitely was affected by the fact that I just played Journeys Journeys in Middle Earth. I mean, yeah, of course, which is incredible. But anyway, there you go. I I think I will play it again though. I want to give it another try. Okay, but um, that's very generous of you. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, there you go. Final game I played. Um, and you're gonna get bored, listeners, hearing me talk about these kind of games. <laughs> but um, I played another exit game, didn't I? Oh, cool. Yeah, this yeah, you haven't ex- talked about one in ages, mate. This game was called uh, Exit the Game, The Stormy Flight. Ooh. Now, Exit ha- um, are games that are like escape rooms, but in a deck of cards, you can tear them up, fold them up, crease them up. You're going you're gonna to destroy the game. You won't be able to play it again. They're about 13 quid a pop. Um, and, this ge- and what they do, Exit the Games, is they have like a five-star rating. Five being very difficult for like... Mensa level intelligence all the way down to one which is like can you cross a road <laughs> you're gonna do well um, <laughs> um stormy flight was like at a level two or three which was good because the last experience was flipping difficult we had to go for the answer cards a lot of the time had to go through the like the the clue cards whatever they're called this was fun this was fun good level entry stormy flight you are crash landed or about to crash land a plane. You have to fix it and try and land safely. Um, and there's all kinds of fun involved. And um, we we really enjoyed it. We played it with a friend who hadn't played this before. Uh, our our housemate at the moment. And it was it was exactly what you want from an escape room. 
I think some escape room games are so difficult that you just get beaten and pummeled. It's a bit like a couple of the cases in Sherlock Holmes Consultant Detective that are just like, like I don't know how I don't know how you could get to that <laughs> conclusion. Um, whereas this was like workable. There were a couple of riddles that are a bit difficult, a couple of things that we needed a bit help with, but largely we did all right. We landed that plane. We got like eight out of ten stars in their score in their arbitrary scoring rating, um, and it was a good good two hours spent. I love these games. Yeah, they're good. I think they're really fun. They're like 13 quid, which I always think in my head, well, it's cheaper than going to the cinema for four people. 100%. Um, and you make an experience out of it and really enjoyed it. Loads of fun. There we go. There you go. I, I think they're brilliant. I've only played, ever played one Exit game and I've really enjoyed it and I want to get, I want to get into them a bit more. But so. After hearing your review of, of three games that you've played recently, I haven't negged on a game for quite a while. And I I need to play some rubbish games. Yeah, I feel like I need to get angry about games. Yeah. That's that's my mission. My mission yes. is by the next podcast to find a game I don't enjoy. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, do I? I don't want to be the Mister Positive. Yeah. I'm gonna play a really rubbish game for all the listeners. Yeah, mate, just just open a box of Suburbia, you'll be fine. There you go. Suburbia. Anyway, um, <laughs> controversial. Okay, so do we want to go into our top five, or do you want to go into our piece of a piece of news that's very exciting, or do you want to, what do you want to go top five? Well, let's do a piece of news to break it up. Okay, I this is very exciting news that we have for you. Um, eight years ago, Alex and I started this hobby pretty much together. Um, I all I mean, I have I have been known to say that I will never I would never do. Well, sorry, before you say that, okay. let's start. There have been lots of things that we've said we'll never do. <laughs> that's true. The first thing true. was things like collectible card games. Yes, that's or true. Collectible. Destiny, you got into. I, I'm, I'm massively into Arkham Horror, the card game. You're right. Arkham Horror. You're right, I am. And then yeah. solo gaming. Yes, that's What true. else have we got to do during that's this true. time? <laughs> okay, let's, um, let's just get out of there. Let's just rip the plaster off. We're eating our we're eating our words. Uh, go on. We so what we're we doing now, Ben. We are in the middle of a Dungeons and Dragons role playing game. Me, Alex, James Crawley, Johnny Danger, our friend Johnny, who we met at the um, Field of Games last year. No, two. Yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, big fan of his. Uh, we've started. We've started playing Dungeons and Dragons. We've started playing Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Got, starting in the rule book. Starting in the adventures there. I think what's it called like the valleys of Falandar or something. Falandar journeys to Falandar. I don't, I don't know. But we started, and it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's one of the best things <laughs> I've ever done. Uh, and you know, do you know what's really interesting, Alex? I um, I actually, t- I so, I, I was about to say I was brave. It's not brave at all to to to, to post to Instagram stories that you're playing D and D. That's not brave. That's the wrong word. But I did it. I posted to Instagram stories that I've been playing D and D. And I had so many messages from people saying to me, people who I never would have thought would be into it, yeah. saying, mate, please can I join? Please can I join your game? How are you doing it? I want to do this with my friends. So yeah. really interesting. But anyway, listen, I am having a flipping ball. Oh, my days, mate. Yeah, it's amazing. And so the news is <laughs> we have recorded the first couple of adventures, first yeah. couple of chapters. What do you call them? Episode. Whatever you want. That's the whole point. You call them whatever um, you want, mate. The first couple of 
days. Yeah. Um, we've recorded them, and we're going to release them over the next couple of weeks, um, and for your pleasure. <laughs> now, we understand that this might not translate into the podcasting world. No. We also understand there's some flipping great Dungeons Dragons based podcasts. They really are. That do this as their bread and butter. The Adventuring Zone I've been listening to. It's amazing. Yeah. Go for that if you want to. We are amateurs at this. We're all learning. James, who's dungeon mastering, is um, is doing an amazing oh, an, job. An He's incredible learning job. As we go, incredible job. Um, we're all just learning. But in that room, you have Ben and I, <laughs> who are just blaggers, and then James Crawley, who's an actual stand-up comic. Yeah, he is. Like actually, he does it <clears throat> for a living. Yeah. And Johnny Danger, who is a copywriter. And a spoken word poet yeah. slash comedian. Yeah. Like so, it should be entertaining. <laughs> if, if it's not, I apologise, and we can all go home. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're staying home. I, That's kind wait, of we're all at home. Said. We're we home don't anyway. really have a choice, do we? That's but yeah, said. I've never been more excited for like six dice to arrive in the post. Like <laughs> <laughs> Thursday nights are the night at the moment. Uh, I swear, I'm clapping the NHS. Yeah. And I'm sitting down oh, with man. my dice out. Oh, That's man. it. We start at two minutes past eight. That's right. We all clap <laughs> and then we sit down and we go for oh. it and we kill goblins. So I'm having a ball. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, totally recommend it. Um, everyone, before we did it, I was a bit nervous. I was like, what is it? But it literally is telling stories with your mates. I mean, that's it. You know, that's all you're doing. And uh, and it's just fab. Really good. It's a lot of fun. It's completely... The thing is, there are rules. And this kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, and there are rules that that basically, it's a bit like game of football. Without the rules, it'd be yeah. a bit weird. Yeah. Um, and instead, there are some rules which create the framework for you to play within. And I'm re- I'm starting to really, really enjoy it. Yeah. And and I'm thinking about it during the week. I'm thinking about my character. Yeah. I'm thinking about w- what drives him. Like, what's his thing? Like, I'm loving it. <laughs> also, it's perfect for this current circumstance. Yeah, it is. It is great. Um. Yeah, so there, you there go. we go. Fab, that's, that's our, our news. Of, that's our news. Now, shuffle news. Our um, our top five this this week. We're going to quickly go through because we're in lockdown and we've not. I mean, we've been in lockdown for like eight or nine weeks now. It's a substantial amount of time. So we thought years, whatever it is, we would know. do. Yeah, I don't know. What, I, don't know what they, I don't know what day it is, mate. Um, our top five gaming experiences whilst we've been in lockdown. So why don't you go with your number five, Alex? Great. My number five of gaming experiences whilst in lockdown. Right at the beginning of lockdown, I got pretty sick. I was in bed for about three or four days, um, or in and out of bed for about three or four days. And while I was in bed, two mates, James, who is a dungeon master for Dungeon Dragons, and a guy called Adam, who's an avid listener of this and a really good friend, they reached out to me and played board game arena games with me. Um, And it was really fun, even though I was really ill, to kind of have my laptop open and play. I played Tobago. Lewis and Clark, Takanoko, with those guys. Um, and it was really fun. It was a real kind of, um, I don't know what you call it, uh, an elixir. It was something that helped me feel better That's about good. the current circumstance. That's good. Um, so Ball Game Arena um, and those two guys reached out to me. That's my number five. Cool. My number five is that I um, I am really into a certain designer called Vital Lacerda, who makes games that make you feel ill inside because they're so complicated. Um, and they're absolutely the best games I've played. They're absolutely amazing. But you have to know the 35-page rule book and all of the in-depth rules to really know how to play. Anyway, 
like you, Alex, at the start of lockdown, me and some friends went on to um, Tabletopia and we played a couple of uh, the Tower Lacerda games. And that was really fun. It was really fun to play uh, a game that we all knew together. So we all knew the rules. And that was so no one was teaching anyone. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. no, we was like, yeah, we know this game. Let's go. And that was really, really fun. So that's my, that's my number five. Nice. Yeah. My number four. Now, um, we were having a little chat about this before the podcast started. I'm I'm quite unflappable. Like I I I quite <laughs> you are. I'm quite chilled yeah, a lot are. of the time about a lot of things. However, going to the supermarket the first time in lockdown was quite, like I found quite a stressful situation. The huge queue mm. um I, that was about an hour long. Anyway, I stuck on a podcast and listened to The Adventuring Zone, which is a podcast about D&D. Um and it was flipping hilarious. <laughs> And that hour-long queue very quickly went round. And in fact, I really enjoyed the time spent in the, listening to The Adventuring Zone, which is a D- Dungeons & Dragons campaign run by some brothers and their dad. Like, oh, it's, love it. It, but it's love flipping it. hilarious because they know each other really well and they're all learning it as they're going. Um, but it was, again, it was one of those times where I was like, I'm in a weird scenario that I'm very unused to, yeah. like supermarket shopping in lockdown. And yet there's something that's board game related that actually has given me a bit, again, a bit of elixir, a bit of, um, I've used that word twice in this podcast. You love that word. Um, well, I didn't until now, <laughs> but um, <laughs> until I find a better word, it's the word. Um, yeah, it was definitely a balm, a balm for my emotions at the time. Wow. Gosh, we're coming out with these, aren't we, tonight? <laughs> my number four is, uh, uh, Alex, you bought me a board game for my birthday, Zombie Kids. I talked about it in the last podcast at length, so I won't go too much in depth, but it is an incredibly brilliant little tiny board game to play with five and six year old kids. It's just brilliant. It's a legacy game. Um, Jacob, my, my, um, my oldest Jacob and I have played the game 50 times. That is mental. Uh, It is awesome. Can I ask about the mechanics of that? Yeah, please. For the listeners who have children. Mm -hmm. Like how what what does that mean that you played fifty times? Like how did you work that in? You've also got two children. Yeah. How did you do that? Well, a game of it takes a couple of minutes, so which helps. Um, okay. But you are um, you have there's on the rule book. There's a track on the back. There's fifty yeah. little circles that are connected or with numbers in, and you at the end of each game you've either you've obviously either lost or you've won. Um, yeah. And if you win a game, then you um, you you check if you've unlocked a trophy or not. And if you've done, so say the trophy is win a game with no zombies on the board or win a game with six yeah. zombies in one space. And if you do that, then you, you put a little sticker on and it gets you to the next, um, okay. marker, which means you can open an envelope and the envelopes completely change the game. They give you, and we won't spoil anything, but they need, they give you new powers. They give zombies new powers wow. and the game just changes. I mean, um, and, and the game, you know, the start of the, the whole thing, a game would take about, two minutes by the end of it it was taking one game was taking 10 minutes because of all the added rules and the added complications yeah sure um, but for my five-year-old it was just fantastic to watch him staring at a board figuring out a strategy or sometimes yeah. telling me or his mom no you shouldn't do that you should do this and he was right you know yeah, that's <laughs> just, so good it's fab so did you fab. play like about 10 times like around the table no, uh, how many times do you think you sat down uh, around the table uh, to play? We we we'd play it in fives. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so good though. Yeah, 
and for 18 19 quid it's insane it's insane money and uh, value i mean sorry and um at the end of it when you completed it it has longevity i won't spoil it but it comes out with this thing of how you can play it it's fabulous you wow, gotta get it really you gotta get oh, it fun 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 brilliant okay there you there go. go number three my number you. three is my two-year-old rowan she played her first like modern board game come on during lockdown which was the orchard which by happen oh, yeah. uh, have games yeah um, also known by James and his family called Oh No Not The Crow <laughs> because there's a crow in it that you have to basically build if you roll a dice and it rolls the crow and if the little crow puzzle is built first you lose oh, but other, other than that it's cooperative um, so you're working together trying to put fruit in your baskets um, and she loves it and every day since we've been playing it she's like daddy can we play oh no not the crow oh. which is wonderful she's oh, like reaching nice. out for a, a board game brilliant and I love that that's what we want we want to indoctrinate our children so much so <laughs> that they will reach out for board games at every moment <laughs> I love it love that my number, number three. three is not as wholesome as yours and, and lovely and oh, it was um, you have to imagine the picture that my wife had when she walked into our kitchen and looked at the table as I had, as I had just set up uh, Lord of the Rings Journey in, Journeys in Middle Earth, the iPad on one side, literally reading me a chapter of the story out loud in a really like <laughs> gruff voice, you know, like the wind is strong. And my wife walked in and she's like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> um, my solo experience of Journeys in Middle Earth was just amazing. I had such a good time playing it. It was about, about eight hours, nine hours spread over couple of weeks i just had such a good time and i can't wait to play it again i can't i know there's some dlc i know i'm gonna buy that are you gonna do it i am definitely yeah i'm gonna yeah i'm probably gonna play the the box set one the one that comes in the box with some other characters first and then I'm gonna yeah. buy the dlc are you gonna buy the villains you no know you can get you can get different no. characters no are you sure man? yeah 100 percent. i'm not doing that because that's are you silly sure? no that's stupid <laughs> Gold guitar? You want a gold guitar? I don't want him, mate. I don't want him. I'm all right. <laughs> no, but I will get the expansion, which comes I out do. in a month. Um, wow. Which is, it's a huge expansion. Anyway, just one yeah. of the best experiences ever. So there you go. So good. My number two is role-playing D&D. Yeah. I've, it's been an absolute highlight. It, it's like perfect for lockdown. The mechanics of it are we get on Zoom. We've each got our characters. We've got our own sheets in front of us. We have our own dice. I was thinking we we probably could do the dice shared so that we can see each other's dice rolls. Yeah, Not that I think we're cheating. Yeah, that'd be fun. But I think it would add to the tension. Yeah, that would be really fun. Um, because I think that's one thing that we're kind of lacking. But anyway, I was just thinking about that. Um, but role-play, I'm loving it. I'm loving yeah. thinking about character, all that stuff. Role-playing D&D 5th edition. It's been loads of fun. That's my number two. Ben, what's your number one? Well, my number two first. Oh, number two is <laughs> is um, last uh, on Sundays we zoom with um, three other couples that we regularly see when we're not in lockdown. We all just catch up. One of them suggested we do an escape room online. Have you heard of this? No. You can do an escape room over Zoom, and I was very like reticent. I was like, really, is this going to work? It's really good. It costs eight pounds, so we each like each couple was two pounds between us. And it basically, it's like a little, it's just a story and loads of puzzles that come up and you've got to escape this room. It's fantastic. What's it called? It. Oh, do you know what? I wish. I I can't remember. 
if you just oh no I can't remember okay how bad is that that's the worst that's board right. game reviewer ever but no I had I had an absolute ball uh, playing that the other night really really good very in depth puzzles we were like oh should we just go for the hardcore one because we were like we're all gamers and actually on the intermediate one we were there for like ages going what yeah, <laughs> so okay. very cool very very wow. cool my number one it's been spoken about already a couple of times tonight but my number one is playing Lord of the Rings Journey's Middle Earth with oh, my five cool. year old Jemima this game man it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing for all kinds of reasons it's amazing because my five-year-old can play a game like Lord of the Rings, Jones Middle Earth, and get it, and not worry about dice rolls because the combat's pretty simple. Yeah. Um, and also I think the game is so forgiving if you yeah. like accidentally miss a roll, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Which other games like this are not, and so if, for example, we accidentally don't apply the fact that we are stab also does a pierce damage it doesn't really matter it's more about the experience and my little girl she's gone through all kinds of emotions from being like terrified about what's going to happen to being super excited that we've healed the wounded traveler whatever it is do you know what i mean <laughs> like it's been amazing and we've loved it playing lord of the rings james middle earth brilliant brilliant i'm, I'm so glad that you're number one my number one is D. so we've like we've switched two and one uh i I think it's also my number one because it was the one that I was like most like not too sure about. I was kind of like, oh, yeah. really? Am I going to enjoy like, telling stories of my friends about being in a cave? And, and You were so sweet, Ben, on such a one. You were texting me saying, I don't think I'm very good at this. <laughs> and you're flipping awesome. Like, <laughs> I think the thing is, is that I, I was so shocked. I'll tell you what I was shocked at. I was shocked on the first session when I suddenly realised we were actually playing. Yeah, I just for all of a sudden I was like, oh my god, we're actually playing, we're playing it because we yeah. were just, I thought we were just talking about our characters, and all of a sudden James is like, roll, roll a d twenty, and I was like, what? Hang on, what? Uh, that really <laughs> yeah. shocked me. Uh, so good. Also, I mean, spoiler alert, but my backstory was about ten seconds, and Johnny Danger's was six pages of A four about his backstory. Johnny Danger is so very special. You need to listen to it to oh. believe it. <laughs> It's amazing. Oh, that's uh, so that was my number good. one. I've loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really fun. There you go. So the next thing that listeners will hear after this episode is the first half of the first chapter of our D&D experience. Fab. Enjoy, guys. So please, after you've listened to this, <laughs> look forward to the next instalment of the Shuffle and Play podcast, which is going to be called Shuffle Roleplays, just to make a bit of a yeah. distinction. Come on. Um... But thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, it's been this fun. has been the Shuffle and Play podcast. I've been Alex. I've been Ben. And we've had a lot of fun. Yeah, we did. I enjoyed that. Look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Please like us on all the things. Comment <laughs> lots. Apparently that does stuff. <laughs> Vote for us. Um, what else can people do? <laughs> Donate your blood. I don't know. Sure. We'd love that. We'd love that. Send us dice. It's been wonderful. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>